Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. All right, everybody. Welcome to episode number six of Inbound Agency Journey. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie, and I am thrilled to be interviewing Josh Harkis from Huify on the podcast today. We are going to kick things off with an interview with Josh. We'll learn about his life. We'll learn about his agency, Huify. And then in the second half of the show, I'll be joined by my co-host, Andrew Dimsky to break down what we learned from Josh. Josh, welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. Thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. Glad to have you here. Josh, would you mind giving us a background on kind of your life and what's brought you to this point with Huify? Sure, Absolutely. Um, I will try to sum up my life in a very short time period just so I don't bore anyone listening in. Um, So I actually got into online marketing in college when I owned a DJ company and I had to figure out how to pay for tuition with my DJ company and booking more weddings and gigs and whatever I needed to do. So I just because of cash flow was was limited i defaulted to online marketing and kind of fell in love with it from there so uh had a couple fun successes along the way like uh we threw a 2500 student um flash mob rave in our in our library and uh there's a few i guess like winning moments i had with social media that kind of led me to believe wow this is actually really something here Wow. So you started off as a wedding DJ. And where did you go to school, Josh? I went to University of Wilmington in North or University of North Carolina at Wilmington. So that's actually where I live right now is in Wilmington, North Carolina. And uh, I'm very lucky to be on the coast here. And that's a great place to live for sure. Got it. So how did you go from throwing a 2,500 student rave to now having an inbound marketing agency? Great question. So I worked um, with an agency right out of school, and we uh, did a lot of social media, a lot of reporting, and it was a lot of frustrations kept coming up along the way where you know, we talk about this idea of closed loop marketing, and that's something that we talk a lot about with HubSpot clients, and HubSpot talks a lot about it, and um, that was just something we could never answer. So we always felt like every client meeting, we were almost uh, fighting with the client to show our worth and our value. And I saw an opportunity um, to, I was actually speaking at a conference alongside Ellie, uh, I think Merman is the way you pronounce her last name. Um, I'm probably way off, but she was presenting about inbound marketing and presenting about presenting on behalf of HubSpot, and, and it was like, wow, you know, there really is something here. And something that resonated with me is the whole audience was getting fired up. They loved the talk, but they raised their hands and they were like, you know, this is great, Ellie, but who's going to do all this work? You know, I've, I have a full in, a full uh, inbox for my mail, and I have a full voicemail right now, 
And I honestly don't have time to be writing blog posts right now. And she was like, no, you're going to do it. And they were like, no, we're not. And so that's where I kind of, the light bulb went off where I was like, wow, what if I created a content agency, um, which I thought was what it was going to be called <laughs> or be labeled as. This was three years ago. And uh, so that's kind of where it started. And um, we've kind of morphed from there to now more concentrating on sales and uh, sales alliance with marketing. So, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Josh, are you, uh, what does the team look like that you have going on right now? Is it you um, or do you have a team in the office? Are you remote? What's that structure? Great question. So, we are, we actually just moved out of a co working space that we were in for a year and a half. And we had uh, six desks reserved for, um, that we would pay monthly on for uh, myself and um, another full time employee that I have working with me. It's actually the, uh, we're both full-time employees. So actually my wife came on board and she's a co-owner in the company with me now, um, which was definitely a way better approach than trying to do boss-employee relationship. We learned very quickly. Um, but so she came on full-time and about a year and a half ago and actually right along the time that we actually became official HubSpot partners and the other desks were reserved for contract workers that we had who would come in and out of the office. Um, it was never mandatory that they be there, but it was always, you know, hey, if you want a space to work, we have this available. So now, fast forward, um, we actually moved out of that space about three months ago and moved into our own space that we have that... Um, has a few offices, conference room, and actually we're uh, going to start doing some video work for ourselves for some training videos. And so we have a little video suite as well. And now we have four people full time and we have, um, let's see, about seven or eight contractors. And then we've got a group that does um, a fair amount of contract work on demand as well. And then we have a design partner as well. So great, we've been able great. to grow a fair amount in the last few months. That's great. Yeah, it's always good to keep things moving forward. Sounds like things are coming together well for you. Josh, could you um, maybe describe a recent client win that you've had? Can you share the details of that with us? Sure, yeah. So we, I'm trying to think how much, I, I haven't asked them officially if I can start broadcasting their name. So I'm trying to think if it's, well, I'll just spell it, and then I didn't technically say their name. I just spelled their name. So uh, company uh, spelled T-O-U-T. Um, we just signed on, and they are a startup. Well, they've been around for six years, but um, they've raised a, a couple rounds of funding, and they are in the video CRM space. So they have clients that range from uh, ESPN to Wall Street Journal, um, a bunch of other accounts like that. Um, but yeah, they actually closed in 11 days. So that was a, that was a fun win for us. Great. Congratulations on that deal. Thanks. Appreciate it. 
what are some of the lessons that you've learned as you've kind of grown from just doing marketing to a lot of marketing and sales alignment? And how did that deal close in 11 days? Great question. So, um, you know, there's definitely, I do have some backstory to it that I, I know a little bit more information now than I did when we closed them. Um, I thought we were a little bit, our agency had become superheroes and realized that actually they had gone through the sales cycle already through <laughs> through talking to a few other partners and then they were just completely ready to buy when, uh, when they talked to us. But um, with that said, you know, we have our overall sales process and sales, uh, um, I guess, life cycle, if you will, has gone from nine months to now an average of uh, one month to three weeks. So that's been a fun, that's been really exciting for us. Obviously, you can tell, you know, nine months is a very long time and very expensive uh, sales cycle to be talking to leads. So really what has happened for us is, um, you know, coming from a background of marketing, we understand how to attract people, we understand how to get them, but once they're here, it's kind of like, now what? You know, once we get a lead, you know, there was a little bit of a now what moment that was happening a few months ago, and even when we first signed on with HubSpot. So our team, my team devoted a lot of time saying, you know, let's really learn what does classical sales look like? What do these different life cycle stages look like? How do we identify them? How do, are we continually moving people to the next stage? Or if we know they're not ready, how do we make sure we know where they are in the sales process? So since we've done that for ourselves, we actually learned that, wow, there's a lot of, of partners and there's a lot of, of clients and even some of our customer, uh, our client partners who are having the same issues. And so one of our other accounts, um, when they signed with us, they had actually been with, they had been with a couple other HubSpot agencies. They've been on HubSpot for six years. So um, actually they signed on in 2006. So my bad, they've actually been with HubSpot for longer than that. Or 2007, I believe. Um, Mike Volpe sold them as a salesman, if that helps give wow. you a picture of, of how, how long they've been with HubSpot. But even though they've been that way, they had not sold a new account for two years. And so they brought us on to really help them qualify their leads and then sell. And um, after four months of being with us, they were able to, to close their first account in over you know two years and four months or whatever. So that has become really apparent as being a, a huge need, you know, as, and that's, that all gets back into this whole idea of closed loop marketing and how are you making sure that, okay, great. Now that the marketing process has quote unquote come to an end, how does, where does the sales process begin and, and, and how does it transition? So that's kind of, I know it's a long winded answer and answering how did we learn how to do it for ourselves, but um, basically just dialed it back into, you know, where, where are people at, what are the questions they have and, and how can we move them along? Got it. And do you guys have a standardized sales process that you're taking your leads through? We do. Absolutely. So, um, right now, you know, as a team, um, there's, there's two of us that, that, that focus a lot on the sales side, myself and then, and then another individual on our team. And we can, 
I can tell you where each lead is at and we can look inside our, um, we use the HubSpot CRM for, for all of our nurturing or, or all of our tracking of our leads. And every one of our leads is, it has a defined, uh, a defined uh, stage that they're at. And so we can tell exactly kind of where they're at in the decision process. Of course, some of it, you know, I had one lead who looked like they were about to close at the end of this month. And he came back and said, hey, I didn't get approval for budget for this month, but they said I have it for next month. So, you know, there's always times like that where you, you expect that a lead is going to close and, you know, things don't happen the way you want them to or, you know, other factors come into play. But overall, we can tell how many clients we're going to close and we can start to forecast a little bit better. Right. That's great. Josh, would you mind, and I'm putting you on the spot here, so if this is something you either don't have now or don't want to share, that's, sure. that's okay. But um, I would be really curious to know, I've had a number of folks ask about what stages should I be using as an, as an agency? What should my stages be inside of the CRM? And so I'm curious to know if that's something that you guys feel like you've uh, you kind of hit, you've come up with those sweet spots and figure out how to set up those different stages that you're moving folks through. Um, and what those might be. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, no, I'd be happy to share that. So we have right now, and I'm actually going to pull up my CRM so I'm making sure that I'm not accidentally skipping over a stage um, and assuming somehow that I've covered it. So I'm going to pull up my deals list right now. And we've actually found that the way the HubSpot CRM is set up uh, at default actually works really well for us. So I wish I could say, oh yeah, we reinvented the wheel and we've customized all these things. I'd say we're still in the place where we're customizing it. Um, but really to break it down, I mean, it is going to sound kind of in verbatim and I apologize for that. But um, at the core of what we do, we operate um, very similarly to HubSpot and because our motto is, well, HubSpot has had time to track and see whether it's worked or not. And obviously, for them, it, it has been working. So let's see if we can replicate that. So the basis of our process goes, um, we'll get a visitor to our site, and they will become a lead. So the definition of a lead in our and what we consider a lead is we have their email address. Once they hit a certain number of activities that we have considered or, or measured as um, a general range of what a marketing qualified lead is, then they will automatically, HubSpot will automatically change them to a marketing qualified lead or an MQL. Now, that's different for every company. Um, but the best way to do that and the best way to come up with what is an MQL is to analyze leads that you've closed and start to come up with the top things that they've done before they before you got on the phone with them that initiated the fact that they have, quote unquote, raised their hand that they're interested in working with you. Um, that could mean that they've opened a certain number of emails, they've visited a certain number of website pages, or it could mean that they just flat out filled out a form on your site that says, we want to work with you, you know, and, or whether that's like a contact us page or a consultation where they've actually outlined the fact that they're very eagerly seeking, you know, uh, like a proposal or something like that. 
So that can definitely vary. But once that happens, so after they become an MQL, we get on the phone. Response time is the most important thing, period. So once you get a lead, um, we try to have a response time of less than five minutes. Our goal is to get is to call a lead, and I guess I mean call as in pick up the phone and, and call them, is to call a lead while they are still on our website. That's kind of our goal. So we will call them, and then during that call, during the first connection, we will qualify them. And um, we use uh, BANT and GPCT, which um, if you want to go further into that, I'd be happy to after I go after all, through all of the stages of the, of the life cycle, um, the life cycle stages. So after they are qualified, they manually get turned into an SQL, which is a sales qualified lead. And we are able to then, um, of course, that means that a, a follow-up meeting has also been scheduled. So once they become an SQL, then um, we will start talking about, okay, now that we can see that there's a fit, let's figure out, let's, let's now build trust to make sure that, that uh, you see us as a fit and that you need us. So um, then we'll go into a certain set of calls that we do, um, which is basically a five-call uh, system. And it starts with a connect call, which is the first one that we determine whether they're an SQL or not. Once they're an SQL, then we schedule and have an exploratory call, which is where we figure out if there's an opportunity or not. And some of that, of course, has been somewhat filled out or, or figured out in the, in the connect call, but you just go into further detail. And then the next process or the next step is um, after an exploratory call, you can figure out whether they're an opportunity or not. Once they're an opportunity, then you want to schedule a, after the exploratory call, you want to schedule by the end of that call, a goal setting and planning call. After that's done, you should have a contract ready and you should be able to have, you know, you've already qualified budget, you've already gone over some of these things, you already kind of set expectations. So after that's done, by the end of a goal setting and planning call, you should have a present contract call, which is actually what I just got off of with uh, another lead right before this call. After you, after you present the contract, um, we like to use what they call draft contracts. And so we'll basically create a contract and say, hey, this is a draft, so let's revise it together. <laughs> It's a great way to beat through the weeds and kind of get through things very quickly instead of getting lost and, and, and getting things turned down and not knowing where they are. So after we go over the contract together, do some revisions, then we have our last call, which is the fifth call, which is the close. And um, really there's two calls while they're an opportunity and that's kind of where they can potentially go into limbo stage for some people. And what I mean by that is it's sometimes hard to figure out what stage they're in um, while they're in as an opportunity. And that's where you just have to use your own intelligence and figure out um, if they're wanting to move forward, keep them as an opportunity. If they keep pushing back, move them back to a sales qualified lead. You know, you, that's where you just have to be creative about it and, and make the process work for you. Got it. So, yeah, <laughs> I've done a brief overview. Is that there? You go. Um, we could talk all day about this so, for sure. 
I no. want to be careful about going too long. Yeah, thanks for breaking it down for us, Josh. It's um, you know similar to the HubSpot sales model, but yeah, hey, absolutely. if that's working for them and that's working for you, then that's what it's all about. So thanks for breaking that down for us. Always good to hear how how folks are doing that. I'm curious. One follow up question on that is: Are you running into many leads who are bothered by the fact that you're calling them so quickly after they've become an MQL, or has that been a, a generally positive experience? Out of a hundred leads that I've called, so so this month, let's see. So out of the last two months, I've called. Let's see, over, I'm looking at the CRM. I've called over 100 leads. Out of those 100, I have had one person say that they wanted to do the conversation over email. And he answered the phone and then said, hey, right now is not a great time. Can we do this over email? And to be honest, I actually didn't give him any more time because my attitude was I'm here to help you and I'm here to help your business. And so if you're not willing to take a call with me, then it sounds like it's not a good fit for either of us. So in my experience, it's actually been really well received. Um, 80% of customers buy from the, per- the first person who calls them. So that's kind of a good thing to keep in mind. Um, and that's, of course, a huge, huge over all business so that's not like specific to inbound to agencies but it still applies here and it applies definitely really well um so it's all about kind of making that connection right away for sure for sure yeah i'd agree with that definitely i know that it's great to have the client respond and be surprised at how quickly you've gotten back to them with an answer because that's not what folks are accustomed to but it's definitely Absolutely. what they want so. no i completely agree another thing that i'd like to point out that's a very mis um understood uh, misconception, I think, in the inbound world, both with clients and agencies, is you. it's inbound marketing. It's not necessarily inbound selling. So you're not going to get someone to buy a retainer from a blog post or from an ebook. You know, that just all that does is that gets them to raise their hand that they're interested in talking with you. So picking up the phone and calling them couldn't be more important, you know? And so I've, I've run into that a couple times where some of our client partners or even some other agencies have been like, well, we just want to inbound them and we want to nurture them until they're ready to buy as if they're going to tell you, Hey, I'm ready to buy from you now. Let's move forward. And that just doesn't happen. So that's one thing that, you know, all inbound leads are, are that they just get you past the first step of having to cold call someone and figure out whether they're, you know, an op- or a, a good, uh, whether they're a good lead or not, or they're a good, you know, marketing qualified lead or something like that. So inbound leads just kind of get you that first step and, and that first connection. Right. Yeah. Um, Josh, you mentioned using the HubSpot CRM, and I'm wondering if you have any other maybe lesser known tools that you love and think other agencies could benefit from using. Yeah, sure. So I use, um, this is just something more for me. So it's not lesser known. I guess these two tools that I'm going to mention, they're actually really popular. But we use Slack um, internally, and uh, that has been awesome for my teams. Um, I actually have, a, I have two of my client partners on Slack. We have, um, we have a couple of our design partner on Slack. With, with some of the design work we've been doing. 
and allocating through them. I mean, it's just been really awesome for communication. So Slack is is phenomenal. It's I mean, we use the free plan. We're not paying for it, and we're getting way more than than enough value out of it. Um, and we don't need to upgrade right now. And then um, I use Evernote a lot um, because what I will do is I will actually uh, a lot of times I will try to. Um, document the calls as well as I can and I will either paste the Evernote um, link directly into the CRM as the notes or I will uh, yeah or it just basically just gives me the ability to share that note with the rest of my team so as leads are moving through the funnel I don't need to tell them hey go ahead and log into the CRM figure out how to weed through all of my notes on a certain contact to figure out what what parts are, are important to you. And instead, I can just send them an Evernote note and saying, like, hey, go ahead and check out these certain areas. This is really important. And they do have an audio recorder on there, which you can use for any purpose that you feel is fit. <laughs> I'll leave that up to your imagination. But um, that can be really useful for recalling certain information uh, if, if needed. <laughs> Great. Now, those are both awesome tools, and it doesn't need to be – super fancy, whatever those tools are. Sometimes the most basic tools are the best ones to get the job done. And I use both of those tools, love them both as well. Have you guys upgraded to, uh, do you guys use um, Sidekick for business as well or the sales accelerator at all? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Cool. I was going to say that's probably, even though it is a HubSpot tool um, and I know we're not necessarily talking about HubSpot tools, but another one too that I think would be really helpful, have, have you guys used SiteAlerts.com? Yes. Yeah, cool. So those are those are a couple that I, I strongly suggest. Um, but uh, yeah, great, great. Well, we will include those links in the show note as in the show notes as well. Josh, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about kind of what makes you tick and what your morning routine looks like. Could you walk us through your typical morning? What does it take to get you up to speed? <laughs> yeah, sure. So you're kind of catching me on a little bit of a weird day. Um, I was actually in the office until about 3.30, well, this morning, um, working on some work and then was back in the office around 7. So today is a little bit off and it's a little uh, unusual, but uh, we've been working on some things that we're rolling out. So you know, you occasionally, I'm sure everyone has those days that they can talk about, about watching the sunrise come up um, or whatever. But uh, yeah, so a typical routine for me, and it is, um, I do try to get up pretty early. I've just found that uh, we have a few, you know, we have a few clients on the West Coast, and it's nice to know that I can get a fair amount of work done before they are starting their day. So, um, you know, I try to get up around five o'clock and then try to get in the office by six. Um, I found if I can get in the office by that time, I can usually. Uh, that's usually when my brain is, is working the best. I'm not distracted. So I try to stay out of email as much as possible. I try to get into some of my work immediately and, uh, you know, just do a lot more of my creative strategic work. Um, then I can, you know, right around 11 o'clock or so I'm, I'm, I like to try to get into email if possible, but let's be honest, I'm usually in email by around eight or nine anyway. Um, to check to see what's going on and what I need to follow up with. But so I guess a typical, that's kind of a typical routine. I love coffee and I love caffeine. So I drink a fair amount of 
of that. <laughs> but uh, so that, that is kind of a, a part that really helps. <laughs> nice. But uh, yeah. 3.30, that's a, that's a late night or an early morning, but sometimes yeah. that's what you got to do to get things done. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, those. Thankfully, those don't come. Um, those aren't. Those aren't very frequent or weekly events, which is nice. <laughs> right. Awesome. Well, hey, Josh, I appreciate you joining us today um, on on Inbound Agency Journey. What's the best way for listeners to connect with you? Ah, great question. Um, no, it's been a it's been a delight. I've, I've had a, I've really enjoyed being on the show. Um, more than welcome to uh, reach out to me on on Twitter. Um, LinkedIn. Honestly, I love talking to people on Instagram. Um, I, I just, I mean, there's a lot of, you just, you learn a lot more about someone based on their pictures. And so, um, I mean, Instagram's fun as well. You, you really, you can Google me just Josh Harkis and that's, um, I mean, you'll see probably the link or that my name spelled out, but it's H A R C U S and, uh, you should be able to find most ways of contacting me. Great. We will include that information in the show notes. We'll talk to you soon, Josh. Thanks again for joining us. All right. Thanks, Greg. This episode of Inbound Agency Journey is brought to you by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management tool built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. If you want to learn how to manage, track, and scale your inbound agency with a pre-built and proven system, visit doinbound.com slash journey. Again, that's doinbound all one word.com forward slash journey. Now back to the show. Welcome back to inbound agency journey. I am Andrew gray. I'm excited to recap your conversation with Josh Harkis. I think he had some phenomenal things to say. What was the biggest takeaway you took from the call? Well, other than the fact that Josh managed to throw a 2,500 student rave back in his <laughs> days in college, um, there were a lot of good things. One of the biggest things that stuck out to me, we spent a lot of time going through the sales process that Josh and the guys are using at Huify. And a couple of things that stuck out to me was just their um, their focus on being the first responders and how that's had an impact, a direct impact on their business. So their goal is to call, once someone reaches the stage of an MQL, their goal is to call that person while they're still on the site and pretty much in all cases, make that follow-up call within five minutes of that person converting. And I think that that attention to, de- to detail and connecting, basically just striking while the iron is hot, while someone's already thinking of you, reach out and engage in a way that at this point in time, I don't think that in the future this will be as surprising, but in today's environment, that is a surprise to get an immediate response from somebody still. So, um, so I think that level of attention to detail and trying to do things the right way has, has meant a lot for their business. It's something that we want to use in our business as well. And that kind of stuck out to me. Yeah. It shows a lot of hustle from Josh. The fact that he's made a hundred phone calls in the past two months means that he's putting his, his actions where his words are. And he's not just talking about doing cool things, but he's going out there and hitting the phones and putting in the work and the sweat to make it happen. Uh, and that, that deserves a lot of credit to him. I, I thought that was really cool. I also liked the point that he brought up where he said there's a difference between inbound marketing and inbound selling. At some point, you have to make that transition because you're not going to sell retainers with a, a blog post or an ebook. You've got to pick up the phone and make a call. And I thought that was so true. 
tactically, it's easy for me to always be thinking about marketing campaigns and less about the sales side because marketing is my jam. It's what I like to do. Uh, but you have to follow that up with, with a phone call and you have to you know, kind of put that into practice if you're going to see the results that you want to see. Yeah, for sure. Josh's sales process mirrors very closely what HubSpot teaches their partner agencies. So if you are a hashtag hub partner, you've been through this before. But if you're not somebody who's worked with HubSpot yet um, as a partner agency, that may have been, certainly elements of that may have been new, and it was probably a good reminder for most people. Andrew, one of the things I wanted to pick your brain about was, Josh talked about you get to that fifth call, and now you're at the point where you're walking through, or I guess this is the fourth call in their process, you're walking through essentially a draft contract. So it sounds like they're coming in with a with a boilerplate draft with a boilerplate contract, and now saying, "Okay, just just working out those details together." And so, I'm curious if you have any uh, insights or anything you wanted to add as far as how you would maybe tweak that process or what would be the important things that you need to cover in that fourth call. I think the the most important thing to cover is make sure that you've established expectations that align whether it's around budget or it's around timeline or if it's around deliverables or what members of the team are going to be involved in the project. Those are all variables that we've worked with clients that had big opinions about. Uh, So in that phase before you, you know, and you kind of get up to it as you're doing um, sort of like soft closes on the way up. But I love digging in and walking through in sort of a hypothetical situation, like what are the things that need to be that we need to address here in this partnership and not being bashful about laying those things out on the table. I think that kind of goes back to the point that Rob made in, in episode five is you need to come in with a framework and the framework doesn't start when the contract is signed. The framework starts in your marketing campaigns, extends into your sales process through the contract process, that sort of last mile of the sales process where you're going through sort of the details and the nitty-gritty and you're getting everything signed and I's dotted, T's crossed. You've got to have a framework in place there, and aligning the expectations is going to really propel the entire engagement, whether it's a six-month project, a 12-month project, whatever it might be. You get everyone on the same page, and that's a fantastic place to start from. Right. I really enjoyed talking with Josh There's a lot of good stuff, and I guess just the last thing that I wanted to throw in here, Andrew, is just that there's a lot of criticism, cynicism, negativity out there in the world. That happens a lot in the marketing space. It happens all over the place. And so I just wanted to say that I've really enjoyed getting to know Josh. He's a really good dude. It was a pleasure to spend time with him up at Inbound last year and get to to know him a little bit more in person. but I just I, I really appreciate the caliber of folks who we have the opportunity to call peers in this space. I got to agree with you there. Uh, the inbound agency community is a pretty awesome space, and we get the chance to uh, pick their brains here on Inbound Agency Journey. Guys, if you've enjoyed this episode or any of our past episodes, Gray and I would really appreciate it if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review of the show. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. 
keep moving forward.